0: and welcome to this edition of Mountain Talk Monday. I'm your host, Kelly Haywood, and today we're here with Dr. Ellen Hahn, who is a professor at the University of Kentucky College of Nursing and the director of the Breathe program. And we're here today to talk about radon awareness. For some of you, if you were like me, you've maybe heard of radon before, but you don't know why you should care about it. So, hopefully by the end of the show we'll have it all figured out. Welcome Ellen. Thanks Kelly. I'm really happy to be here. Let's begin our conversation just by saying what is radon? Well
1: radon is a gas. It's a radioactive gas and it's found in the soil and the rock beneath your home. And it's colorless, so you can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't taste it. So it's colorless, odorless, and tasteless. And it's a gas that comes from the rock and the soil under your home. And it really isn't harmful unless it gets trapped in your home, or trapped in your workplace, or trapped in your school. So it has to kind of get trapped in a building, and then once you breathe it, it's a cause of lung cancer. And it's actually the second leading cause of lung cancer. After smoking, smoking is, most people know that smoking is the main cause of lung cancer. Radon is the second leading cause. And then secondhand smoke exposure is the third leading cause of lung cancer.
0: I would imagine then if the gas being trapped in a home, that the more modern your home is, the more likely there would be radon.
1: You know, there's a lot of different factors that go into how much you'll be exposed to radon. So the characteristics of your home or a building do matter. So in other words, maybe you were getting at the windows being really tight and not as much ventilation. Obviously, the radon could get trapped there more, correct? There's a lot of myth, though, about radon. Some people think, well, gee, I don't have a basement so therefore I don't have to worry. That is a myth. That is not true. We have people that live in mobile homes and people who live on a slab or a crawl space who have very high levels of radon. So radon can get trapped in your home and you don't even know it. You don't smell it. You don't see it. You don't taste it. So the only way to know is to test for radon.
0: As I was reading about radon, I saw that it comes from the breaking down or the decomposition of uranium. Yes. And when I think uranium, I think nuclear. Mm -hmm. I don't think most of us think about there being nuclear material just laying around everywhere. Are there some types of soils or some locations that are more predisposed to having radon than others?
1: Yes and no. (laughs) There's not like one firm answer. Yes, it does depend on the kind of soil and rock that your house is on, but it also depends on the kind of soil. So for example, if you have clay soil, really, really heavy clay soil, perhaps there might be radioactive material down below that that won't even make its way up to the surface and into your home. But what we have found out is that there is a lot of variation. So your neighbor could have high radon, but you might not, and vice versa. The geologists that we work with tell us that there's a lot of variation about rock and soil. It has to do with the depth as well, you know, where this type of soil is, if it's right next to your home versus is it 10 feet down, for example. The point is gas, though, rises, uranium, below your home that creates radon, then it'll find its way up through your soil and get its way in your home because gas rises. So that's just physics, I guess, the physics of the gas.
0: Uh Right, yeah. This may seem like a really random question, but that brings me to thinking about the school in Estill County that is located next to where some nuclear waste was dumped. If you're close to a landfill, or if you're that school, are you more likely to have radon?
1: Well, that's a great question. If there is radioactive material in the soil, and that soil is underneath that school, it's very possible that they have radon, but again, you'd have to test. It also depends on a lot of things, like how old the building is, how it was built what the foundation's like, that sort of thing. So nobody can guess about radon. You have to use a measurement device to figure it out.
0: Okay, so who should be checking their home for radon?
1: Everyone. <laughs> Actually, the recommendation is that you should test. There's never a bad time to test, so you could do it today. If your local health department, has a radon program, they will perhaps have free radon tests for you. So it's always worth calling your health department and ask, do you have any free ones? Could I stop by and pick it up? Or you can always call the state radon program. They too can send you in the mail a free radon test kit. You can also go to your local hardware store and buy one. They're not that expensive either. The recommendation is you test and then really every two years you should really test again because as you can imagine if you're testing in the dead of winter and you have your house all boarded up and your door shut you may have higher levels of radon than you would have in the summer because radon like most gases are going to fluctuate.
0: I've heard about radon for years I think since I was a child. I don't think my parents have ever tested their home. I know I haven't tested any home I've ever lived in mm-hmm. and Again, as I was reading, I saw that 3 to 14 percent of total lung cancer cases are associated with radon. But why aren't we hearing about it more?
1: Well, it's a great question, Kelly. It's like anything, you've got to have the funding to produce the science that then informs the practice. And over the years, the funding for this really hasn't been that terrific like the state health department in Kentucky, for example, does receive some grants from the Environmental Protection Agency to do radon awareness, but there's not enough money to go around. So not every health department, as I mentioned before, even has a radon program. And frankly, with lung cancer, most of the attention has been paid on smoking. And I want to make sure your audience is well aware that smoking is still the number one cause of lung cancer. And the other thing that's important know is that if you're exposed to both tobacco smoke first or secondhand, and radon your chances of getting lung cancer are 10 times tenfold so the two of them together create kind of a deadly brew of chemicals and gases that you breathe in creating the problem so i think there's a lot of reasons people don't know about it most of the research that you read says that most people have heard about it like you But most people haven't tested their home. And it could be for a bunch of reasons. It could be that people don't think they have high radon because they don't smell it. They don't see it. Um, They don't taste it. And the other thing is because it is so highly linked to tobacco smoke exposure, some people think, well, I don't smoke. Nobody in my home smokes. I'm not around smoke. So maybe I don't have to worry about radon. But the reality is we still have of the... 18 to 20,000 radon-induced lung cancers a year. About 2,500 of those are in people that have not been exposed to smoke. So it's still possible to get radon-induced lung cancer whether you smoke or not, or whether you've been exposed to somebody else's smoke. And someone like me, who've I've never smoked, but my mom and dad smoked when I was growing up, and so. I have severe asthma, and I know I've had this severe exposure in my past. I'm very careful to test my home for radon. I don't want to be around radon because I know I'm, my lungs are already compromised from tobacco smoke, and I don't want to have that other exposure. So frankly, I think there are lots of reasons people don't test. They also maybe don't test because they might be worried that they have to then fix it. (laughs) And that's a whole other part of our conversation because fixing it is not easy and it's certainly not inexpensive.
0: That was one of the things that I was reading about is that realtors and construction companies considered expensive to build A home that is radon proof or less likely to be filled with radon.
1: And I'm glad you raised that because some states require builders, when they're building a new building, to put in what's called radon resistant new construction, which is what we recommend. And the ironic thing about that is it costs a lot less to put it in ahead of time because what they do is they just put the PVC pipe right in the building, right in the closets, if you will, so you don't even see the pipe. If you have to fix it after the fact, it's hard to do it without actually seeing the mitigation system on the outside of a home. So it really behooves everybody. It's something like, this is the general thought, but if it costs about 1200 or $1,800 to fix a home after the fact, it's going to cost about 400 for the builder ahead of the time. It's so much cheaper it's so much more inexpensive to do it ahead of the building of the home
0: so it's best to if you're building a new home or you're moving your trailer to a piece of land you have to think about that ahead of time right and prepare for that and ask the people who are doing the work yep. to think about it as well
1: and really it's a relatively easy thing right up front they basically vent it through a pvc pipe they put a pvc pipe from the ground out to the roof because you want to get any gases that might get trapped in there out what they'll oftentimes do is they'll put the piping in and then after you're moved in and the house is closed up they can test again and make sure that it's not getting in and then if it is they could just simply put a little fan inside the pipe that would suck The radon gas out and up through the roof. But you just have to make sure that the right person is doing the work for you because uh, we had a really bad experience in a home in northern Kentucky where the builder told the buyer that he had taken care of it, but they put the pipe not quite out the roof and it went into one of the bedrooms. And the radon values in that little child's bedroom were 40. I mean, they were really high the action level for radon is four picocuries per liter, and it was 40. So it was 10 times higher than the action level. So so you can do more damage if you have the wrong person, you know, fixing it or, or creating it ahead of time. So my caution would be to make sure that you contact a certified radon measurement mitigator so that they do it the right way.
0: You're talking about pipes, and before we said that radon comes from the soil, mm-hmm. well, the soil is under your entire home. Mm-hmm. So, let's clarify then why do you need popping? How does popping help? Where exactly is this gas coming from? I was reading about sump pumps and mm-hmm. water systems. Mm-hmm. How does that happen?
1: Yeah, well, if you have a sump pump and there's water in your basement, you already have a hole right that's going into the ground and so that's an easy way for the gas to get into the home it gets in that way and a lot of people who do radon mitigation and i don't i'm not a certified mitigator but a lot of people who are tell me that if you have water in your basement if you have a water problem in your basement you've got to get that fixed before they can assure you that they can get your radon level down but basically they put a pipe in that really goes from beneath your house the whole way up through your house. They try to put it on the side of the house that you maybe don't care as much about, but they try to run that pipe the whole way up through the roof so that you're basically creating a, a highway, if you will, from the soil below your house the whole way up to the roof so that the gas just goes out into the atmosphere and doesn't get trapped in your home. Most of the time, too, they have to put a little fan inside the pipe it almost looks like a little gas meter so you see the little dial and it kind of sucks the gas out
0: so if you have a septic tank or a sump pump or a cistern are you more likely to have radon than someone who has public sewer public water services
1: not necessarily i mean again it just kind of depends on the soil below your house and the building characteristics that you have so no not necessarily the only way to really know again is to, to test and mm-hmm. if you do have a basement that has a sump pump or a cistern or that sort of thing if you are spending about I think it the recommendation is seven hours a week at that level of your home like if you have a TV down there or you have laundry or you know you have art projects that you do in your basement for about seven hours a week that you should test at that level but if you don't if you hardly ever go down there less than seven hours a week then you really should test your home at the lowest level where you're living
0: let's go back to the second hand smoke issue as I was reading it was really interesting as we know some elements are attracted to one another so Mm -hmm. it seemed to me like reading that radon likes to attach itself to cigarette smoke that Mm -hmm. there's something there it's attracted to and when I was reading about how does radon get into your lungs that Mm -hmm. was the top way Mm -hmm. so if you have a smoker in your home you have more of a need to test for radon than someone else correct
1: that's absolutely correct and a lot of people don't know that never have heard it unfortunately, physicians and nurse practitioners and physician's assistants, it's not part of their kind of their clinical guideline that they've been taught in school. I'm trying to change that by programs like this, because really, if healthcare providers would talk to particularly smokers and people that have smoking in the home and say, it's even more important that you test your home, but really, they should be telling everyone to test their home. But right, you're absolutely right. There's an affinity, There's kind of a magnetic attraction between the secondhand smoke particle and the radon gas. They kind of are sticky, and they, they like each other, and you know they kind of go together. And so oftentimes, if there's smokers in your home and radon, then they're like, again, a little vehicle. The particles attached to the gas. They get breathed in and cause immediate DNA damage, cellular damage into your cells in your lungs. And that's how it's kind of sets up a nice uh, climate for lung cancer.
0: I've read before about secondhand smoke that if you quit sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. that your lungs will begin to heal themselves mm-hmm. Is that true with radon damage or is that permanent?
1: Well, I'm not sure we know the answer to that question. But it's like anything else, the longer you're in a place with radon. So if you grew up in a house, and you're just now testing it, and it's high, and it's probably been high your whole life, right? And uh, the longer you're exposed to radon, the more likely it would be to cause damage but I can't really answer. There's a lot of research that's yet to be done about the biological effects, what happens, where it goes, because radon's a very heavy gas, and it also decays. So once you breathe it in, it turns into polonium, and it turns into lead. And lead is really heavy. So if I were to look in your lungs after being exposed to radon, I wouldn't see anything. I might see a bunch of cellular damage, but I'm not going to see radon because it decays into these other chemicals, and they're probably somewhere else in your body. One of the isotopes of lead probably stays in your bones your whole life, a good long time.
0: Wow. Is it safe to assume then that the elderly and children would be more affected by radon than the average adult?
1: Again, we do know there are several studies now showing that childhood leukemia is linked. I'm not saying it caused, but it is linked to radon exposure in children. So definitely, if you have children, you need to test your home, get it fixed. Older adults oftentimes are affected by lots of environmental pollutants. Many, either they've smoked sometime in their life or they've been exposed to secondhand smoke. So again if they're also exposed to radon, and if they've been in a home their whole life, they've had years and years and years of radon exposure. And many elderly, uh, older adults are already compromised with chronic breathing conditions anyway. COPD or emphysema is a precursor to lung cancer. So if you have emphysema, you likely have been a smoker or exposed to tobacco smoke anyway, but we do know that emphysema precludes, oftentimes leads to lung cancer. So if you have emphysema, get your home tested for radon because you don't need that additional health hazard from radon exposure.
0: This again may seem like a very picky question, but when we're talking about something that is in the consciousness of people, but we just kind of ignore it to take action on something, you have to understand how much of a risk is this really? Because waking up in the morning is a risk. And I want to equate it to air travel and vehicles. We get in cars every day, but we're more likely to be in a car wreck than we are in a plane crash. But more people are afraid of airplanes. So (laughs) how does radon equate to that?
1: Well, Kelly, they say that if you're exposed to four picocuries per liter pretty much every day, you know, in your home, that it's like smoking about 20 cigarettes a day. So it's about like a pack of cigarettes. So even though you're not a cigarette smoker, but you have radon in your home, it's like smoking that much. And most people know that smoking's not good for you, and it causes cancer, lung cancer specifically, and heart disease. But in this case with radon... I think that's probably the best comparison. And they also say it's like getting 200 chest x rays a year or something. But I don't know if that's going to mean as much to people. But, mm. you know, when you get a chest x ray, it's not really hurting you. But if you got 200 in a year, that's probably not good. No. You know? Right. So does that help? It does. Kind of compare the risk a little bit?
0: It does. Definitely mm-hmm. the 20 cigarettes a day.
1: 20 cigarettes is about a pack a day. And. A lot of women are light smokers, but mm. there are plenty of people that smoke a pack a day. And if you're smoking 20 cigarettes a day, plus you have radon, it's like, I guess, smoking 40 a day. You know what I mean? It's, it's okay. So you're increasing your risk even more by smoking and having radon exposure. So, I mean, obviously my recommendation of people is, quit smoking, get your home tested for radon, get it fixed if it's high, and certainly don't allow people to smoke in your home or your car. You know, you want to get rid of all of those environmental risks if you can to protect you and your family.
0: I think about people who develop lung cancer and they'll say, I've never smoked a day in my life. I've never lived with a smoker. Why do I have lung cancer? And I don't hear anyone saying, well, were you exposed to radon? But that's the first thing that comes to mind Yes, is that seems like it would be the most likely reason.
1: Right. And in fact, one of my colleagues at UK, who unfortunately died in a plane crash, but his wife... After my friend died, his wife was coughing, and she had some kind of chest congestion for a lot longer than, you know, she should have. So she went to the doctor, and and lo and behold, she was diagnosed with lung cancer. And that physician at Markey Cancer Center actually said to her, have you ever tested your home for radon? Because she said she had never smoked a day in her life, never worked in a smoky place, and same question. And so uh, luckily the physician said, go home and test. So she did, and it was 32 picocuries per liter. And so of course she got it fixed, but it was too late and she actually passed away of her lung cancer. So it does happen.
0: It seems to be a a hard subject to peak interest in. I think there's some risk like that people would just rather ignore, kind of like having a carbon monoxide detector if you've got a gas stove. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm guilty of not having one. And then when I finally did get one, I was surprised at how often it actually went off and how long it would stay on and how long it would take to ventilate the home after. So I I can definitely see a need there are there radon detectors like are there like a carbon monoxide oh
1: no and that's a great question people always ask us one gal said oh i have a carbon monoxide monitor you know and i said well that's great (laughs) we want you to have that but no it doesn't There's no such monitor like that that you would just put in your home and it would beep, you know, Mm -hmm. like a fire uh, alarm or anything. But there are very small canister test kits, like I mentioned before, that you can get for free. You put them out for three days, three to six days at the most. Mail them back in an envelope. It's free. The envelope is totally free. You just put it back in the envelope, follow the directions, put it in the mail, and then you'll get a letter back with what you're Number is and, you know, our group is happy to answer questions. We have a website, we have a phone number, and all you have to do is call us, and we can walk you through it or talk to you. If it is high, what what do you do
0: next? So, since you mentioned that you have a website and a <laughs> sure. phone number, let's go sure. ahead and give that to the audience.
1: Sure. So it's www. Breathe. That's B R E A T H E. Dot. Uky.edu. It's
0: so an educational website. Right. Edu. Edu.
1: So that's part of UK. So we're part of the University of Kentucky and the College of Nursing. We have a lot of information along the top. There's a ribbon. If you click on radon, you'll be able to see a lot of educational materials there. You'll be able to see some maps that we're doing now. New maps that show kind of. At a county level, where the rates are highest, and also show at the county level what proportion of people have actually tested for radon, and it's very low, as you know. People just haven't tested. And again, put your mind at ease. You know, if you test your home and it's low, fantastic. You know, you can put your mind at ease that that's not a problem in your house. In Kentucky, there is a law that requires you to disclose that you have tested to a buyer. So the law says kind of funny, the law doesn't say you have to tell the buyer what the level was, but you have to tell the buyer that you tested. Now, most buyers are going to say, "Okay, great. What was it?" But that is a law in Kentucky.
0: And you can sell your home without testing though. So if the buyer oh. says, "Did you test for radon?" and you say no, then it's fine.
1: Right. Now, with all of this education that's going on in the state now, we do know when people go to buy homes, we recommend it, actually, that you ask the seller, have you ever tested? And if they haven't, we make that part of the deal. And we say, I want you to test. And you know, if they will, that's great. But it's not required by law. And then, like my daughter, who lives in Florida, actually, And she's enlightened about radon, obviously. So she, in Florida, really has very high rates of radon as well, like Kentucky does. She had the seller test their home, and then before she would buy, and it was high, and before they would buy it, they required the seller to fix it. So that should be part of the negotiation, really. And some states require it Mm -hmm. as part of the inspection. We don't.
0: Yeah, it seems like it just makes sense. And some
1: realtors, actually in central Kentucky, because we've been doing this work for so many years and they hear about radon from their customers, some of the realtors are actually making a part of their transaction. Even though it's not law, you know, they encourage their buyers and sellers to test and take care of it.
0: That's great. That's great. To be proactive. You're listening to Mountain Talk Monday, and I am your host, Kelly Haywood, and I am here with Dr. Ellen Hahn, who is a professor at the University of Kentucky College of Nursing and is the director of the BREATHE program that looks at secondhand smoke and radon and all of the things that affect our ability to breathe. One of the things that we've been looking at recently is black lung in coal miners and learning all about the increase of silica dust in mines and thinking about that and hearing you mention that one of the byproducts of radon is lead. One of the descriptions that the doctor gave in a recent interview that my colleague did was that the silica was so heavy it stayed in the lungs, whereas coal dust, you can kind of process some of that out, but you never process out silica. Anyone who's a parent has heard of lead and lead testing and don't buy toys from China because they might contain lead, things such as that, old paint. Do you see the lead in the lungs if they've been exposed to radon? Actually, no. That's a great
1: question. It, lead is so heavy. The isotope of lead that I'm talking about, the kind of lead I'm talking about, is so heavy it wouldn't stay in the lungs. There's nowhere for it to stay because of the way the lungs are. Our hunch is that it gets into the bone or the thyroid. But frankly, we don't have the research yet to be able to tell you. You know, unlike smoking, you know, when you smoke a cigarette or you've been exposed to tobacco smoke at work or home, we can do a blood test, we can check your urine, we can take a sample of your hair or your saliva, and we're able to tell you, yes, you have nicotine in your blood. You know, we're able, we have a, it's called a biomarker, we're able to tell you. But with radon, We don't have any type of biomarker, so we can't really take a blood sample and say, Kelly, you've been exposed to radon. We're working on that. We're doing a study. We have two studies ongoing, actually, at the Markey Cancer Center right now, where we're inviting people in to give us blood and urine and hair, and we're looking at markers of DNA damage or cellular damage. What we're doing is we're inviting people who have high radon levels in and people who don't have high radon levels and we're comparing their blood and so the goal eventually is to try to find a marker so that if you wonder you know gee you know have i been exposed to radon in my life maybe someday we'll be able to tell you but right now we can't we don't know
0: one of the things that I want to ask is continuing with the example of lead my first home that purchased was built in 1900 and it hadn't been renovated since the 50s and we were living in it while working on it and my first daughter was born we took her to have lead testing and she tested positive and it was higher than they wanted to see there was a program that helped us then take the lead out of Mm -hmm. our home yeah if someone home test positive for right on mm-hmm. is there a similar program to help them get a right on free home
1: great question the answer is no not currently we are working on that of another project in Northeast Kentucky where we're trying to get a group of providers housing folks home improvement stores we're trying to create like a safety net alliance so that my vision is for particularly low to middle-income people could apply for assistance to fix their home there is some money through the housing and urban development for rehabilitation of your home for different kinds of problems and radon does qualify if you're in public housing but right now we're not there yet lead remediation is kind of ahead of us in terms of policy however the sad part about lead back to that if you have children who have lead in their blood There's no mechanism in place to test your home ahead of that, preventive, in other words. So the law kicks in only if your child tests positive in their blood. So it's almost too late. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So not that that's a bad thing. I mean, you obviously want to fix your home if there's lead in it. But with radon, the plan is let's test it ahead of a problem, right, and then fix it. I would like to see us get there with lead, too, if we could have a way to test a home in an inexpensive way, because right now it's not inexpensive to test your home for lead either. With radon, it's inexpensive to test your home. It's either free or just a couple dollars, but it's not inexpensive to fix it. And that may be why people don't want to test, because they don't want to have to fix. But again, you're not going to know either if you don't test your home. For radon, And then there are ways to save. I know people who will save through several uh, years, you know, to fix their home, and they do. So it's still a worthwhile endeavor to at least test your home to find out whether it has high radon or not.
0: Okay, so let's say we test our home and we have high radon. What's the next step?
1: Depends how high. The EPA says that if it's close to 4, so if it's 4.2, for example, They might recommend that you, if you've done a short-term test, this three-day test, that you go ahead and test for three months. There's a test kit. It's a longer-term test kit where you put it out for three months. And that gives you a better sense of what it is over time. But if it's eight or nine or 10, you know, the first time, then I would probably call a certified measurement mitigator to see exactly what it is and to try to get it fixed kind of depends on how high it is.
0: Okay, so they come out, and with their instruments, they test. That's right. And their testing would be more accurate.
1: Correct. Those machines cost quite a bit of money, and we don't have those machines in our office. We use the little test kits I mentioned that really aren't that expensive, but it's a good way. It's a good kind of overall measure to know am I in the ballpark, you know, like my house is 1.5. I'm rest assured. You know, I I don't worry. I test every two years, but it's usually 1.5 to 2. That's fine. But that machine they bring out is very expensive, and they put it in there for a couple hours, and it just constantly runs, and they'll be able to tell you exactly what it is. And that's the machine that after they fix your home, they'll come back with that machine and make sure they've gotten it down well below 4.
0: Okay, what is the best way to find a radon mitigator?
1: Well, there's a list online, it's NEHA, that's the National Environmental Health Association.org. It's www.neha.org, or you can call us and we can give you the link, but they have a list by state of everybody who's certified radon mitigator. Our office is in the process of vetting that list Because it is our experience, I'll be honest with you, that there are some companies in the state who are not as reputable, don't do the quality job they should be doing. And so our office is trying to vet those so we can come up with probably a little bit of a shorter list than what's online. And when we get that, we'll either put it on our website, we probably will, so people can have lots of choices and feel good about the people that they're picking, the companies they're picking. We also know that in Eastern Kentucky, there are not a lot of certified mitigators, if any. There are a few, but not a lot. And so we are working with the community and technical colleges. And if anyone's listening who is part of that system, please contact us because we're doing a pilot right now in Northeast Kentucky with the community and technical college. The vision is that if we could get it the certification program integrated into, for example, the HVAC training, then if you called an HVAC somebody in your community that is certified, it would increase capacity. We'd have more people in this region who know how to accurately and adequately fix radon.
0: Sounds to me like if I were to recommend something to our audience, I would recommend they call you all first yeah. <laughs> to help you. the vetting of the list. Yeah. And, and I'm,
1: we're happy to. I mean, we tip. We do have a lot of studies going on right now. We have been recruiting. We recruited. Uh, Quite a few, almost 600 people into a, a trial that's now over. I'm not recruiting right now. Although we are doing this other study that I mentioned, you'd have to come to Lexington. But if you are somebody listening who does come to Lexington on a regular basis for work or, you know, visiting or whatever, um, you could certainly call us because we are doing this study that I mentioned to you where we're sending free test kits in the mail and then based on the results we're going to we would invite you in to you know provide some blood test and and that sort of thing and your a urine test and a hair test so anyway we have list we have a, a list of three or four right now that we typically give people it's not on our website but we would be happy to share those if anybody is wondering because obviously our money is valuable and if you know you don't want to throw it away with a company that is not going to give you what you are expecting. So my only caution is, if you call a company and they say they don't have to come and give you an estimate, that's a red flag. There's a company who will say we'll do it for $999, $999 flat, no estimate. If you get that answer, I'd probably say thank you very much and go to the next one, because radon mitigation is not difficult. But it certainly requires somebody to come out and look at your property because it depends on, you know, the kind of foundation you have. And if you have a larger home and have two different foundations, for example, like if you have a basement on one part of your home and a crawl space on another, it could be that they have to mitigate differently in the two different parts of your home. So what I'm saying is you need somebody to come physically look at it and give you an estimate and and like anything i'd probably get several estimates
0: one of the things that i did look at on the breathe website was the maps Mm -hmm. that you were mentioning Mm -hmm. and i particularly the one that showed the radon levels across the state i noticed that central kentucky and the more urban areas all seem to have more increased radon than eastern kentucky And far western Kentucky, the rural spots seem to have less. Do we know why that is?
1: It's really just the distribution of rock and soil, like I said. But if you look at those individual county maps, you're going to see lots of variation. So even within a county, even if you look at the state map and it looks like this particular county is relatively low. If you look at that particular county, you're going to see lots of variation. So just because an area looks like it's not very high in radon, you still need to test your home because your neighbor's home might be fine and your yours might be high.
0: We're almost to the end of our program and I'm wondering if there's any final words that you would like to leave our audience with or any particular recommendations on. You've heard this program. What now? Well,
1: I I could sum it up by saying that breathing radon is dangerous. It's even more harmful though if you are breathing tobacco smoke or have breathed tobacco smoke in your life. What next is test. Know your level. And the only way to know your level in your home or your school or your workplace is to test. If you get a high reading, call us and we're happy to walk you through it and decide what to do next.
0: And let's go ahead and give the website again.
1: Okay, sure. It's www.breathe.uky.edu. Again, it's breathe, B-R-E-A-T-H-E dot U-K-Y dot E-D-U.
0: And I will put that link on our website when I post the audio to this program, as well as the phone number for you to call to reach the Breathe program. This has been Mountain Talk Monday, and we've been talking about Radon Awareness. January is Radon Awareness Month. Tell your friends. Recommend they listen to the program or share the information you've just heard with them. And I want to thank you, Dr. Ellen Hahn, for coming all the way from Lexington. And she is a professor at the University of Kentucky College of Nursing and the director of the Breathe program. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks, Kelly.
0: And again, if you have any questions, take a look at our website, that's www.wmmt.org, and you will find the program there under the Mountain Talk heading with all the links and where to find more information. In the next segment of Mountain Talk Monday, join Marie Rock of KOJB in Minnesota for Environmental Voices. In the episode, Marie further describes the impact that radon gas exposure can have on our lives.
2: KJB 90.1 The Eagle, good day and welcome to Environmental Voices. I'm your host, Marie Rock, and today we're going to talk about radon gas. You can't see radon, you can't smell it. You can't taste it but it may be a problem in your home it's estimated to cause many thousands of deaths each year that's because when you breathe air containing radon you can get lung cancer in fact the Surgeon General has warned that radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer in the US today only smoking causes more lung cancer deaths now if you smoke and your home has high radon levels your risk of lung cancer is especially high radon can be found all over the US it comes from the natural radioactive breakdown of uranium and soil rock and water gets into your air you breathe radon can be found all over the US it can get into any type of building home office and school and result in a high indoor radon level but you and your family are most likely to get your greatest exposure at home where you spend most of your time you should test for radon now testing is the only way to know if you or your family are at risk from radon EPA and Surgeon General recommend testing all homes below the third floor for radon EPA also recommends testing in schools testing is inexpensive and easy and it should take only a few minutes of your time millions of Americans have already tested their homes for radon you can fix a radon problem reduction systems work and they're not too costly some radon reduction systems can reduce radon levels in your home by up to 99 percent even very high levels can be reduced to an acceptable level new homes can be built with radon resistant features Radon resistant construction techniques can be effective in preventing radon entry. When installed properly and completely these simple and inexpensive techniques can help reduce indoor radon levels in homes. In addition, installing them at the time of construction makes it easier and less expensive to reduce radon levels further than if these passive techniques don't reduce radon levels. Every new home should be tested after occupancy even if it was built radon resistant. What is radon gas? Well it's a radioactive gas. It comes from the natural decay of uranium that is found on nearly all soils. It typically moves through the ground to the air above and into your home through cracks and other holes in the foundation. If your home traps radon inside where it can build up now any home may have a radon problem it means new and old homes well-sealed and drafty homes and homes with or without basements radon from soil gas is the main cause of radon problems sometimes radon enters a home through well water and small number of homes the building materials can give off radon too however building materials rarely cause radon problems by themselves nearly one out of every 15 homes in the u.s. is estimated to have elevated radon levels elevated levels of radon gas have Been found in homes in Minnesota. Contact your state radon office for general information about radon in your area. While radon problems may be more common in some areas, any home can have the problem. The only way to know about your home is to test it. Now how to test it? It's easy. It only takes a few minutes of your time. There's many kinds of low-cost do-it-yourself radon test kits you can get through the mail or in some hardware stores or other retail outlets. If you prefer or if you're buying or selling a home, you can hire a qualified tester to do the testing for you. You should first contact your state radon office about obtaining a list of qualified testers. You can also contact the private radon proficiency program for lists of privately certified radon professionals serving your area. Follow the instructions that come with your test kit. If you're doing a short-term test, close your windows and outside doors and keep them closed as much as possible during the test. Heating and air conditioning system fans that recirculate air may be operated. Do not operate fans or other machines which bring air in from the outside. Fans that are part of a radon reduction system or small exhaust fans operating only for short periods of time may run during the test. Now if you're doing a short-term test lasting just two or three days, be sure to close your windows and outside doors at least 12 hours before beginning the test. You should not conduct short-term tests lasting just two to three days during unusually severe storms or periods of unusually high winds the test kit should be placed in the lowest lived level of the home for example the basement if it's frequently used otherwise the first floor it should be put in a room that's used regularly like the living room playroom den or bedroom but not your kitchen or your bathroom. Place the kit at least 20 inches above the floor in a location where it won't be disturbed away from drafts, high heat, high humidity, and exterior walls. Leave the kit in place for as long as the package says. Once you finish the test, reseal the package and send it to the lab specified on the package right away for analysis. You should receive your test results within a few weeks. Radon in water there are two main sources for radon in your home's indoor air the soil and the water supply compared to radon entering the home through the water radon entering your home through the soil is usually a much larger risk radon in the water supply poses an inhalation risk and an ingestion risk research has shown that your risk of lung cancer from breathing radon in air is much larger than your risk of stomach cancer from swallowing water with radon in it most of your risk from radon and water comes from radon released into the air when the water is used for showering and other household purposes radon in your homes water is not usually a problem when it sources surface water a radon and water problem is more likely when the source is groundwater or private well or public water supply system that uses groundwater if you're concerned that radon may be entering your home through the water and your water comes from a public water supply contact your water supplier if you have tested your private well and have radon in the water problem, it can be fixed. Your home's water supply can be treated in two ways. Point of entry treatment can effectively remove radon from the water before it enters your home. Point of use treatment devices remove radon from your water at the tap but only treat a small portion of the water you use and are not effective in reducing the risk from breathing radon released into the air from all water used in the home. For more information on this, EPA's Drinking Water Hotline, 800-426-4791. If your water comes from a private well, you can also contact your state radon office. Radon and its cost. The cost of reducing radon in your home depends on how your home was built and the extent of the radon problem. Most homes can be fixed for about the same cost as other common home repairs. The cost to fix can vary widely. Consult with your state radon office or get more estimates from qualified mitigators. Since there's no safe level of radon, there can always be some risk but the risk can be reduced by lowering the radon level in your home. There are several proven methods to reduce radon in your home but the one primarily used is vent pipe system and fan which pulls radon from beneath the house and vents it to the outside. You should use a contractor who is trained to fix radon problems. A qualified contractor can study the radon problem in your home and help you pick the right treatment method. Check with your state radon office for names of qualified or state-certified radon contractors in your area. You can also contact private radon proficiency programs for lists of privately certified radon professionals in the area. Picking someone to fix your radon problem is much like choosing a contractor for other home repairs. You may want to get references and more than one estimate. You should also test your home again after it's fixed to be sure that radon levels have been reduced. Most soil suction radon reduction systems include a monitor that will indicate whether the system is operating properly. In addition, it's a good idea to retest your home every two years to be sure the radon levels remain low. Now, the risk of living with radon. Radon gas decays into radioactive particles that can get trapped in your lungs when you breathe. Now, as they break down further, these particles release small bursts of energy. This can damage lung tissue and lead to lung cancer over the course of your lifetime. Not everyone exposed to elevated levels of radon will develop lung cancer, and the amount of time between exposure and the onset of the disease may be many years. Like other environmental pollutants, there is some uncertainty about. About the magnitude of radon health risks. However, we know more about radon risks than risks from most other cancer causing substances. This is because estimates of radon risks are based on studies of cancers in humans. Those are underground miners, by the way. Smoking combined with radon is an especially serious health risk. Stop smoking, lower your radon level to reduce your lung cancer risk. Children have been reported to have greater risks than adults of certain types of cancer from radiation, but there's current no conclusive data on whether children are at greater risk than adults from radon. Your chances of getting lung cancer from radon depend mostly on how much radon is in your home, the amount of time you spend at home, and whether you're a smoker or have ever smoked. For more information on radon gas and for questions and concerns, epa.gov. That's going to wrap up this edition of Environmental Voices for KOJB 90.1 The Eagle. I'm Marie Rock.
0: That concludes this episode of Mountain Talk Monday. Now go out and get your radon test kits. From all of us here at WMMT, good luck with that, and thanks for listening.